The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Philly, Philly. Bird Gang, yeah, they got enemies, got a lot of enemies, everybody hating on that Bird Gang energy, bird they trying to take the wave that we on, check it and respect it, bruh, it's fourth and John, ooh wee, yeah we got that loud pipe, this that show, all Bird Gangs alike, Gail, E Rock, Evan, the homie Mike. Ain't no show keeping up in sight. Good yeah. Guys. When you watching them birds play, birds. thoughts go through your mind about some misplays. Backstage politics, right. who's next on the trade block? Man. Tune in to Fourth and John, get your answers, bruh. If you be in the city, just know that we get busy. Time there's a whole game tailgate. We lit Cheering on them birds, uh, singing that fight song. E A G L E S. We on. Look. We from Philly. If you don't know, we run these streets the same way the birds run that NFC East. Giants is weak, skins is trash, Cowboys every season whoop that ass. It ain't no competition, we here for those who listen. Want nothing but the facts, that ego coalition. We could give two fucks about your trash ass team. Our concern is about that black, that white, that midnight green. The feathers on the helmet, bruh, our hearts indebted. Fly equals fly, what it's about, bruh, I said it, look up. But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? What's up, Philadelphia? We are. Live broadcasting from the 7C Lounge in North Philly. Welcome to the Wildfire NFL Draft Special. Boys and girls, the time has arrived where all 32 teams congregate in one city to select the future of the NFL. It just so happens that the Eagles now have the 32nd overall pick, so you guys better buckle up for a long night. And Gail, can you remind me why the Eagles have the 32nd overall pick? I think uh, we won the Super Bowl. What's that one more time, my friend? I said, I think we won the Super Bowl. One more time, just so they all hear it in Dallas. I think we won the Super Bowl. That's exactly why you have the 32nd overall pick. We're going to be getting down into it because it's not just a discussion about what the Eagles right. pick. It's a discussion about everything that happens beforehand because that has everything to do with who is going to fall to the Philadelphia Eagles. We got, we're, we're very proud to be one of six shows representing Wildfire Sports right now and kicking things off. And we've got two excellent draft experts in the house. First and foremost, Mr. Gail Saunders, how are you tonight on draft night? Doing great, man. Uh, I mean, 
My mic, my mic is not on, bro. <laughs> Here. Hey, but I'm excited though. Get him a mic. Technical difficulties live. Yeah, oh, buddy. We are live. Hey, draft day is like Christmas to me. You know, I wake. I woke up this morning at 5 a.m. My girl's looking at me like, "What are you doing?" I said, "It's draft day. This is special." I mean, you look at last season. You look at getting Derek Barnett. You look what all the big plays he made for the Eagles. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, the draft is the biggest part of building a football team, and I think the Eagles did a phenomenal job last season with the draft. And I think this is a, just another, uh, another, another, another part to getting back to the Super Bowl, getting quality guys. The, How are you feeling, my brother? You know what? The, I've, I've been talking to people about this because there's this there's this notion, right, that. Philadelphia fans aren't as interested in the draft this year, right? Because I, I, I felt that a right, little and, bit. And a lot of people do say they feel that way because, all right, you've got the Sixers, right? And the Sixers are taking a lot of our attention. But I think the reality where I'm coming from right now is, let's be real. We had meaningful football in February. Amazing. We had celebrations <laughs> going on in February. Yeah. We are the world champions right now. So for me, when I look at the draft, the reason that I might not be as hyped I'm still as interested as I've always been, but the reason I might not be as anxious, maybe as nervous, is because when you're sitting at the top, you've already won the chip. It's no longer about who can put us over the top. It's no longer about what are our deficiencies, who do we need in order to ultimately get that ring, because we've gotten that ring, E-Rock, so now we're in the position where, stress-free, I'm going to sit back and let the best team in football add to the to the repertoire right, right. you want to add alignment yep. go ahead add a lot you want to get a db go ahead you, you want to get a running back go ahead i don't care because it right at this point right now it's stress-free enjoyment for me i'm a super bowl champion that just gets to watch my team build rather than i need to chase that player that can put me over the top are you a little fat and happy I'm a little fat and happy. Yeah, well, what's, I mean, what's wonderful about it is you have 90% of your starting roster coming back to the Philadelphia Eagles so they could compete right now. They could take the field right now, assuming everybody was healthy, and compete for a championship. So often we hear about the concept of best player available. And it's cute, but it's a theory. Because oftentimes when teams draft, it's the best player available at a position of need. When you take a look up and down this Philadelphia Eagles roster, there's, a lot, there's not a lot of holes. Right. There's, a lot, there's not a lot of depth at some positions, let's say like a linebacker. Let's say like a safety. Long-term projections, let's say like at running back. Or maybe along the interior of the offensive line or even your tackles. But there's no immediate need. So you can genuinely, to speak to your point, take the best player available and have zero regrets about it. Even if you have to shelf them, like let's say a Sidney Jones last year. And it's funny because like some people were like, oh, no way are we going to get a running back in the first round. We don't do that around here. But when you look at the board and the way the board falls... There is plenty of really good talent at the end of the draft. Uh, a guy that looks something like, something like me, Darius Geis, my, uh, my son, <laughs> your, your cousin. Son. Um, he could be there. He's a, you know, a powerful one-cut runner, got some wiggle to him, backed up Leonard Fournette at, at LSU. Uh, you know, that, that guy is phenomenal. Uh, you got a home run hitter in Ronald uh, Jones from USC. Uh, he, he's phenomenal. Uh, Sony Michelle. They recently had the report on the bone-to-bone on his knee. He's, he's had a high uh, – he had a, a lot of injuries in the past. So, uh, but there are talented running backs, although 
you know, at 32, offensive tackle would be the most Philadelphia Eagle thing to do. And I'd be okay with that. I'm, I'm always a, I'm a BPA guy. Right. right, and that, and that's not anything unique to picking 32 or whether they won the Super Bowl or didn't win the Super Bowl. I'm always a best player available guy, right? Who's the best player on your board? Who's the best football player out there? Add him to your roster. He'll find a way to contribute. What I like about sitting at 32 is, to me anyway, that's a, that, that's a very advantageous position to be in right now if you're the Eagles because we already know that at the top half of the draft, quarterbacks are going to go. Right, and there's a couple. There's there's a handful of other quarterbacks. Where does Lamar Jackson go? Where does Mason Rudolph exactly, go? Can there yeah. be five, maybe six quarterbacks taken in the first round? I think six is probably a little much. But my point being, other players are going to start to slip. They're going to fall. You Someone's know, in every fall. draft, someone will fall. Somebody's going to fall. In every yeah. draft, there's going to be reaches, which yes. means more guys are going to fall back. So if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles and I'm sitting there at 32, I'm doing two things. I'm going to sit back. And I'm going to watch who falls. Who's going to slip and sit right in my lap? And if that's a guy that I had ranked on my board, if that's a guy that I said I want him on my squad, then I'm going to pull the trigger. Otherwise, I'm Howie. I'm going to start burning up the phone lines. Because if there's yes, something sir. we know about first-round picks, it's that you get that fifth-year option. And with the salary cap in the yeah. NFL, everybody wants to get a player on the cheap. So if there's a, if there's a team that maybe values a guy, maybe a little more than the Eagles do, Right, and they don't want to wait until the second round to get them. You jump up in the first round. Maybe you give up a pick, two picks, a second, a third. Who knows what it is? Howie slips back happily, so he's got some ammo in the background to play around in the second and third round. Maybe he still gets his guy or a guy who's high, high on his board in the second round. So for the Eagles, anyway, I think you just let two hours and fifty-five minutes go by. You just sit mm. there, pick thirty-two. Let's see what falls. Let the night play out. Yeah, I'll, that, I'll, I'll speak more on your point about 32 being an advantageous point, especially with that fifth-year option. It's huge. It's going to be in this year or this decade CBA. Sure. We don't know what the construct of the league is going to look like after the 2020 right. season. So to have a fifth-year, once that's set in stone, like if, if a quarterback slips down and somebody's that desperate for a quarterback where they don't want to have to wait until 2019. Well, quarterback's that, the huge position yeah. when, yeah. when that comes so to So all effect. of a sudden, now you're in this CBA, you get that fifth-year option on a rookie wage scale. Somebody's going to want that pick. And being at as a team that doesn't have a lot of needs, immediate needs, you can sit back because when we look at this rounds two and three, we don't got no picks. Yeah. We got some fours. We got some players. It's going to be far easier to trade back and obtain a second or a third round pick, or maybe both, than it is to jump forward from the fourth round. And if, yeah. you, and if you trade out of that spot, you know, you, you're looking at getting the second round pick and a fourth round pick. So that's three fours. So that essentially, how it will have a second round pick, you could trade two, those two fours and something in the future and get back into the third. So essentially, you're getting your, your second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And happy is ha- how he's happy. So yeah. my mind automatically goes to Teddy Bridgewater, right? And it's unfortunate how it played out, but that's exactly right. what Minnesota did. They didn't want to wait until day two. They jumped up into the first round, thirty-second overall, to draft Teddy Bridgewater because he was just sitting there. The problem is, I don't know that there's going to be a quarterback there that would merit somebody jumping back into re- because the quarterback position having that fifth year option is important for any player. Mm. But if you have a fifth year option on a quarterback, mm. obviously it's head and shoulders above the rest. Sure. Howie's going to be heard from, regardless of who it is. Yeah. Howie will be heard from in this Absolutely. draft. I just think the benefit of sitting at 32, I'm not sold 
in telling you how he's going to trade back because I don't know. I don't know who slips. I don't know who's sitting there that they say this is a guy that we absolutely have to have on our, uh, on our squad. I don't know how their interviews have gone. I don't know how they have these guys ranked. But I, for me, anyway, it's just it is a very advantageous position for how yeah. he'd be sitting in because even though you're at the back end of the first round, even though you're not selecting top ten and you have to wait to slip to see who slips and falls to you, it's a powerful position to be in because if the guy's there that you want, you can pull the trigger. If you don't like it, somebody behind you somebody is going will. to want to get in that first round, and then it's just about what are you willing to drop for? I'm not saying you're going to get a king's ransom, but like Gail said, if you can scoop up a second, if you can I'm scoop up maybe out. a late third, early fourth, again, now if you have a, you got three fours, yeah. Howie's getting back into the third. Howie will be heard from but then one also, way or another. Also, you get that opportunity to like flee someone. If someone, someone's trying to get that quarterback and come, come up, sometimes they'll give extra. You right. know, if a guy like, you know, Lamar Jackson's there, you know, that could really entice somebody. Uh, if, I mean, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks going in the first, you know, five, six 15. picks. There will be five quarterbacks taken yeah, in the first it, 15 and it, picks. And if somebody falls in love with, once Lamar goes off the board, someone might fall in love with uh, Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State. Um, that's another guy. Um, so, I mean, we're in a great position. It's, it's, it's just a money pick. Because like you said, you can either take the best player available at a position that you want or depending, and, and, and what you get in return for that pick all depends on who the other team is competing against, what the player is that they're looking to draft, and how far they're looking to move up. Because moving up a couple spots, if we're jumping from 32 to 36, you're not going to get the kind of value that if somebody's drafting at 55 and looking to get up to 32. That's a whole separate ball game. So we think. So we think. Let Howie have his say. Oh, absolutely. And he, and he will have this say. There's a lot that's going to happen between picks 1 through 31, but let's talk a little bit about the top five that's going on right now because there's rumors out there. Yep. Everybody's got their eye on Cleveland. They're the first ones to move, and normally teams or the league or fans have a good sense of who's going to be selected number one overall. I think the biggest shocker, at least for me, is when Houston took Mario Williams over Reggie Bush. I think that was the first big, oh, my God, I can't believe they just did that. Is, are the Cleveland Browns poised to make a shocking pick in taking Baker Mayfield, or do you think, they, think that's all smoke? I think, I mean, I might have some merit to it. You know, uh, who is it? Mayock actually, in his, in his recent mock draft, had uh, Baker going there, and, and Mayock's been right for the last decade. So uh, and he's and he's dialed in. He works for the NFL. So I mean, Baker Mayfield. You know, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in this draft. Um, you know, he's not big in stature. You know, the other guys are like six five, six four. He's like around six foot, six one around there. Um, but he's an accurate quarterback. But I, I feel like he's got the the edge that they might be looking for. But um. But they, the, the Browns, they also they, they control this draft. They set the tone for the draft because they also have the fourth pick. You yeah. know, they, they could be saying Baker Mayfield is the guy wanting the Jets, who are sitting at three, to move on up. You know, they could be, you know, putting some, lobbing some things out there just to get a, another team to, you know, trade on up. But, see, here's the deal. Nothing would surprise me because it's the Browns. So they're gonna brown we it. can sit here and we can say, what are the Browns going to do? Do they want Josh Allen? Do they want Baker Mayfield? Who are the Browns going to select? Nothing that the Browns do at one will surprise me because they're the Browns. Now, there's a, couple, there's a couple things that I might do if I'm sitting at one that might not be what's being talked about. For example, 
I'm not in love with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And I'm not in love with Josh Allen. Yeah. And I'm not in love with, with Darnold. And I'm not in love with Josh Rosen. They're, in terms of the consensus quarterbacks in this draft, I'm not in love with any of them. So right? you, you sound like you want to go Saquon Barkley. So what I'm saying is, is that if, what you're it, saying? if I'm not in love with any of those quarterbacks and I hold the fourth overall pick, so let's say I'm sitting here and I can't decide between Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, who Sam Darnold is the most pro-ready quarterback, so if you're looking for a safe pick, it's probably Sam Darnold. But I know, or at least I think that I know, that if I take a quarterback, who's going second overall? Bar- Barkley. Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Now, unless, unless, do the Browns have interest in Saquon Barkley? I would say yeah. they do. Yeah. So if I'm the Browns, I'm taking Saquon Barkley because I know that at two, okay, well, the Giants might do one of two things. No, one of three things. Or maybe they could take their quarterback. They sit there and they say, well, you know, we didn't expect Darnold to be here. Fine, we'll take him. Or they could trade back. Or maybe they go and they shore up their offensive line and take a guy like Nelson. Who knows? But odds are, when you get back to four, one of those quarterbacks those who you were unsure about at one is going to be sitting right there, and all you did was guarantee that you got yourself a generational player that you would hope slipped to four. You're getting your quarterback either way, yeah. Browns. Right, There's right. not one guy that's head and shoulders above the rest I, here. I, I completely agree I'm with you. I'm taking the generational talent at one. Like, if, if Baker Mayfield goes off at one, I feel like the Giants, who would probably take uh, Barkley in a different scenario, would probably go Darnold. I mean... They may. I think the, the first and foremost, I think if Baker Mayfield goes one, it just opens up the floodgates yeah. to, yeah. okay, hold on. Everybody needs to reassess, right? Because now the Jets are sitting there saying, well, wait a minute. We have a shot at Darnold because the Jets thought they were going to have to settle on Baker Mayfield. Maybe get like Josh Allen wouldn't be there. They have yeah. a shot. Maybe they can entice and just flip with New York. Buffalo will be calling again. Right, because now there's guys Buffalo that they did waiting. not think that they were going to be there. I, I just feel like if Baker, if that curveball happens in the beginning of the draft, all bets are off. Now, if Baker goes, the Giants may just sit tight and take Saquon Barkley because that's who they want. Maybe, maybe the Saquon Barkley thing is an entire smokescreen. We don't know. Well, I then, just think once that first curveball comes, yeah. well, all you bets think are Gettleman, off. You know, he's from the Panthers. You know, previously with the Panthers, he drafted McCaffrey high. So and he's a guy who hasn't re, he he doesn't really trade back. So I you know, for at us as Eagle fans, the best thing would be Barkley going with the Giants. I, I feel like I I would rather have them, you know, get Barkley. They don't they don't have an offensive line rather than them get their future quarterback. But then I'd, I'd hate to see them trade back and get like you know multiple picks because I don't want to see the Giants rebuild right now. I want them to get a running back and forget that they have other needs because they, they, they need linemen bad. They do. You're right. Um, they need a running back bad too, but I don't care what running back you have. If you don't have an offensive line, yeah. that running back, it, it, the damage yeah. he's able to do is minimized, obviously. But then you, they, they could go running back top of the second. So, you know, there's going to be talent there as well. So I, I want them to go Barkley. But then, then again, Barkley. I don't because I, I actually – I actually really like Sam Darnold. I'm yeah. sorry. I actually you really like, like Saquon Barkley. So do I. And I don't feel like rooting against the dude. Yeah. I yeah, really don't want to wish tough. ill will on Saquon Barkley. But you got to. But if you're <laughs> look, if you're a New York Giant, I'm not hoping you get in the end zone. Right? Yeah. Same reason I like Zeke coming out, but he's a cowboy now. Yeah. Sorry, not a fan. Dead to me now. The, the thing about Saquon, why, um, why, I, why I would take 
Saquon number one. Obviously, I'm not a fan of the quarterbacks that are in the draft. But you're talking about, this has been mentioned, it's a running back that's stronger than Joe Thomas, quicker than Deshaun Jackson, faster than Devin Hester, and has a higher vertical than Julio Jones. Generational. Tell me where you get that. You don't. You don't get that. You don't. And that's being served up on a plate to the New York Giants at two if the Browns pass on him. Let, let, let me toss this question out to you guys because this is a kind of a historic draft and the fact that there are so many quarterbacks that could go within the first 15 picks. Give me the quarterback that you think you will have the most success at the pro level, not necessarily who's pro ready, but who will have the most success. And secondly, who is the quarterback that you think has or might have bust written all over them? I, if, you're, if I'm going to go bust, I'm going to go with uh, Josh Allen. Um, out of Wyoming, uh, the most inaccurate of the, you know, the, the top quarterback prospects. If I'm going to uh, hang my hat on someone, I, m- I might go with Darnold. I mean, he's got a high uh, interception rate, but uh, it seems like he's got that moxie. He's got that QB moxie, an even-keeled uh, football player. Um, so I'm going to go with Sam Darnold. Evan, you got one. I, I just have a quick question. Real you got quick. a good mic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, got, I got Gail's old mic. It, <laughs> it lives. It's back. So, I, I, who was the last successful USC quarterback? Carson Ooh. Palmer. Carson who? Carson Palmer. Carson, Carson Palmer. Palmer. That's, that's a ways back, though. The other Carson. That's, that's a ways back. How many, how many USC quarterbacks have been drafted since Carson Palmer? I just, that's just, that's just a crop that I don't five. trust, the Pac-12 quarterback. Yeah, probably Mark Sanchez is top. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Like if I'm okay, if I'm if I, to to your point, right? The quarterback that I want no parts of is Josh Allen. I I, I, ju- I just don't for the for the reasons that you mentioned, right? Yeah, yeah. Accuracy is huge. The the safest pick is going to be Darnold, and a lot of that is because they run a pro style offense in USC, and that's the attraction with USC quarterbacks. He's the most accurate quarterback on the run when the pro- when the pocket breaks down. You got to be able to extend plays. But the guy that I, for whatever reason, have my eyes on is Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I, think, yep. Yep. I think if an organization can just buy into him, right, and that's the plan, Lamar Jackson has the opportunity to be something special. We're talking about a guy who three years in college had over 4,100 rushing yards. Jeez. And to put that in context, over the last 15, no, 15, no, since 2009, there's been 15 running backs drafted in the first round. Only one of them has more rushing yards than Lamar Jackson, and that's Melvin Gordon. So that's just the rushing aspect of it. If he can understand the pro-style game and, like I said, have an organization yeah. committed to building with him, his accuracy problems, are they worth mentioning? Yes, they are. But was Deshaun Watson's inaccuracy worth mentioning? Yes, it was. Yet we're still sitting here a year later saying that was a steal. Deshaun Watson right. looks like he could be the truth. Yeah. And I think under the right tutelage, Lamar Jackson could be the, could be the dude somewhere. Like if you, if you set up Lamar Jackson to succeed and, and play to his strengths just like they did with Deshaun Watson, he's got a, I think he's got a, a, a phenomenal chance. I look at uh, Lamar Jackson as a more polished Mike Vick, a guy who's going to you know, give you more in the, the film room. Like M- Michael Vick did not, you know, he wasn't about the X's and O's. Lamar Jackson, he's played in a, in a pro-style offense, and I think he's, besides that, he's an electric athlete in the open field. Who do you think's the uh, the one player? Because they're always, inevitably, in every single draft, 
there's top 10 prospects that then start to tumble for whatever reason, whether it be something was just found out about them in the case of Laramie Tunstall, whether it be, uh, you know, a guy like Reuben Foster who has off the field issues, whether it be a guy who is flagged for an injury concern. Who do you see that's maybe that top 10, top 15 pick that not necessarily the Eagles are interested in, but all of a sudden we're on Brady Quinn watch where they're in the green room and all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh, when is this guy actually going to go? Are we waiting for day two for this guy to get drafted? Um, I, I would, you could say Maurice Hurst. He's a, you know, a three-tech. Uh, he'd, be, he'd be awesome for the Eagles if he fell down to us, but he, he had a heart condition. He got cleared for the heart condition. Uh, he plays at Michigan, um, but he could possibly slide to the second round with that, that heart condition. I'll tell you a guy that I think has top 15 talent, but I don't necessarily know if he'll go in the top 15, but probably should, is, is Jair Alexander, the kid out of Louisville. Oh, I love that he's, yeah. a, he's a kid who there are definitely teams that have the need. Um, he's definitely one of the most versatile corners. He's got kick return skills. He's got that swagger, right? That, he's got that Jalen Mills type yep, yep. swagger. Uh, and he could go probably as early as 14 to Green yeah. Bay. But I could very well see him slipping down towards the back half, to the back half of the draft. And he's just another guy that I think if the right team gets him, will get an absolute steal. I think Jair, well, he was dealing with injuries in his, uh, his last season. His 2016 tape, was that, that's where he, he did most of his production. Um, but, yeah, he's a dog, though. And, and he's the guy that uh, came in for an official visit with the Eagles as well. Um, so that's interesting. Small frame. That's his problem. He, he's got the heart of a lion, but a small frame. And in the NFL, if your body can't take it, so that, that's what a lot of teams are probably looking at with him is, is he going to be able to hold up uh, every Sunday when you start playing with the big boys? And I, I mean, and speaking of slot, slot cornerbacks, I think that's, that's where the Eagles have showed the most interest uh, like between running back, tight end, and slot cornerback. That's where the Eagles are looking. Dante Jackson out of LSU. Jair Alexander, uh, and then Mike Hughes at a UCF, uh, who also has a great returnability, a tough, tough dude, uh, can play inside and outside. So I think uh, slot cornerback could be an option as well at 32. Well, and, and that's what we talked. We started off the show just talking about what the Eagles do at 32 and what our feel is. And I mean, we could go down the gauntlet and talk about what corners could be available and would the Eagles make that pick? What offensive linemen are sitting there and would the Eagles make that pick? Uh, is there a wide receiver that really tempts the Eagles at 32, and do they make uh. that pick? What tight end is sitting there? Because, yes, I said tight end. What tight end is sitting there that the Eagles would want to pull the trigger on at 32? Because I have a couple names mm. that I'm drooling about. You and I were talking earlier in the show about, look, we don't know. We've got no idea who's, who can ball at the next level and who can't. And if you say, if you, say you know, you're lying. But I develop man crushes. And there's a couple guys that could potentially be there at 32, one of which is a tight end that I just start developing man crushes on. Would his first name be Dallas? That's the problem. His first name is <laughs> Dallas. And I just don't have the heart in me. But it would be pretty fitting well, you for the know, Eagles he, he, to draft somebody named Dallas in Dallas. He is a Packers fan, though. Is he actually a listed yeah, Packers yeah, fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, All fair right. enough. Thanks to his stepdad. I don't care what he is. He's a Dakota boy, and our other Dakota boy could use a little weapon. Yeah, Dallas Goder, man, uh, out of South Dakota State. I mean, you, you think about a small school prospect, but he dominated at the level. Uh, you know, like the guy makes sick one-hand grabs, uh, you know, decent route runner. 
I mean, the rich get richer if you add him into this offense. Dude, 92 receptions. Look at this dude. Like 1,300 <laughs> yards, yeah. 11 touchdowns. That's one year. Yeah. One year. The dude's a 6'5", 255, uh, 252, we'll say. 252-pound athletic freak that's got hands of gold. And I know that we have that guy in Zach Ertz, and he'll be a little more physical than Zach Ertz. He's still more of a receiving option at the tight end position. Yeah. But when you have, again, we're sitting at 32, and I want playmakers. I want guys that will make my squad better. He may not be a position of need right now, but if he's sitting on the board right there at 32, and I don't know how the Eagles have him graded. All right, that's not my business. I'm just speaking off Co- of man Co- Coaches were, were at, the, at, the, at his pro day, and yeah. they were drooling over him. Well, good, because I'm drooling drooling from my couch. (laughs) It's the truth. If I can add a weapon like that, a Travis Kelsey-type guy to my offense, all day, every day. I I was just thinking, like, Dougie P seems to really like two tight end sets. Could you imagine Zach Ertz and Goddard together? That would be that seems like a pretty menacing thing right there. And and I agree, that's the trick because you got a kid named Billy Brown on a practice squad that was an undrafted free agent that they were able to pull last year that yep. made some waves a little bit in the preseason. We're able to sneak him on the practice squad. I was happy about that. So now you have to wonder, okay, well, knowing that they have that receiving option that could take Burton's spot in Billy Brown. Do they spend their first round or maybe slip into the second on a tight end? I just I don't know their grades. It, it, it's all up in the air. So, so here's what I'm going to do. In a couple minutes, I'm going to ask you guys for your 30-second overall pick, assuming that the board falls the way you want it to because there's a lot of variables, and assuming they don't trade out of it. I was just going to say. Assuming they don't trade out of it and assuming the board falls exactly the way you think it's going to, who's going to be your pick? But before the pick can be made, the pick's got to be announced. And Rich Eisen sort of hinted to the fact that there was going to be a little bit of a surprise for the 32nd overall pick when it's announced. Assuming, and I'm, I'm interpreting that as a surprise announcer, a surprise something on stage when it comes to the world champion Philadelphia Eagles, maybe to get back at Drew Pearson for what he pulled in the second round in Philadelphia last year. So give me a dark, who you think is going to be the surprise or what's going to be the surprise when the Eagles pick at 32. Who's going to come out and make that pick? I got to say Brian Dawkins. Uh, B-Dog Hall of Famer? If if Brian Dawkins makes that pick for us and comes out and does a little dance, and (laughs) you know how hype Eagles Nation would be? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that would be the perfect scenario for me for for, for him to come out. And who's the pick? Oh, and who's the pick? Wait, 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 no, no. I just want to know who's just announcing. Now, okay. Just know, want to know who's announcing. Uh, I, I think you're not wrong, right? Because obviously we'd all get hype over Brian Dawkins. Absolutely. But if I'm picking a guy, if I'm going to handpick a guy that has some skin in the game, that understands that Dallas-Philadelphia oh, rivalry. I know. I know where you're going. That has a way with words. I know where you're going. That knows how to connect with this fan base. I know where you're going. To me, I'm bringing out Seth Joyner. Oh. I want Seth Joyner coming out there. Oh, I wasn't, and going, I wasn't that going, pick, going there. I wasn't but going But doing there. it in such a not, a, not a, uh, uh, not in a bravado sense. Like, he's not getting loud and hype on him. He's just, he's delivering the message. So Cowboy fans understand and they feel. That's who I'm bringing I out. I think I'll have to go with Meryl Reese. Nah, that'd, be, that'd be weak sauce, man. <laughs> Did they bring out Meryl? Little, Why little... are you hating on Meryl Reese? I mean, really. So, Cowboys fans, the Eagles finally won the Super Bowl. You can suck it. You know, like, like what is Meryl really going to say? Evan, 
I got someone who uh, who bleeds green and black. Great, great talker, great speaker, and his commute wouldn't be very far from uh, Hooks, Texas. Jeremiah Trotter. Jeremiah Trotter. Jeremiah again, Trotter. Again, not one that we can argue with, right? Because it wouldn't make sense. I you just know. have an affinity for well, my man Joyner. Somebody, somebody tweeted me the most interesting thing. Brian Dawkins Hall of Famer. And it's never going. It's never going to happen. It is never going to happen. But it's the ultimate heel turn in the city of Dallas. What if Des Bryant came out oh. to announce? Well, dude, you know what's funny? That would be that would be hysterical. I, I thought about that. Touching my money. And it wasn't Des Bryant that I thought about, though. But if I had to pick a guy who Philadelphia would absolutely love, and just by him being there announcing the 32nd overall pick would stick it to Dallas, it'd be Terrell Owens. Yeah. If Owens came out, just to let you know, guess what? I'm riding with the champions. You know the Eagles fans would love it. You can shake your head all you want. Get your your popcorn ready. Why would you shake your head? Why? Why? We, we want B Dog. And, then he's and you let, loved him. I want B Dog. You loved him. And then he's going to remind all the other owners that he's still able to play. Exactly, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll definitely T.O. it up. Attack. He'll definitely T.O. it up. He's going to need some meantime. Yeah. Being like, right. I should have been the first overall pick. It should have been. By the way, made. I'm available. You know, I can still play. Check out my TV show. <laughs> nah. Do it. Right. So here, here we go. We got five minutes left, so we're going to get to the meat of it right now. Assuming the board falls the way you think it's going to, and assuming they don't trade out of the first round, who, Gale, Mr. Gale Saunders, is your pick for the Philadelphia Eagles? I'm going to have to go with LSU running back, my son, Darius <laughs> Geis, who adds a electric element power running game to this already high-powered offense. You think about a chain mover. You think about... The difference it would make for Carson Wentz to have a power running back to carry some of the weight. I think it's uh, the way the board falls. I feel like at that 30-second spot, you're getting a, a, a talented player that could come in and be, be your running back for the next, next five years. Jay Ajayi has bad knees. He's on the last year of his contract. Corey Clement is the only other piece that we're relying on if we bring back uh, – Humphrey, it's, you know, or a Sproles, I think you, you bring in Geis, you have a foundational back and a foundation running game that can protect Carson Wentz for the next year. Um, I think it is, I, I don't disagree. Running back is a position that they can certainly add to, and there will be options there, whether it's uh, Geis, whether it's Michelle, whether it's Chubb, they'll have yeah. their options there. I don't think that they necessarily address the running back position if they stay at 32. Earlier in the show, we mentioned they could very well add an offensive lineman, a guy like Isaiah Wynn who could play the tackle, the guard, even some center, and just shore up that line. So I wouldn't be upset with that. But if I'm picking, and if it's the board that I want to see happen, then I'm sticking with Dallas Goddard. Because for me, if I can get in a two-tight end set where I can leverage two special playmakers in Goddard (laughs) – and our dude, Zach Ertz. I just think, how do you stop that? Yeah. How do you defend an offensive line that can run block and, a, and two capable backs, a wide out in, in Alshon Jeffrey, a slot in Nelson Aguilar? Oh, by the way, they added Mike Wallace. And then you have a two tight end set with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. To me, that's just giving Carson Wentz all the weapons he needs. My board falls that way. 
I, I don't think it's the same talent skill set, but it poses the same problems that a very effective New England Patriots offense used to, used to give defenses back in the day with a Gronkowski and a uh, uh, Hernandez. Yeah, and I, I can counter-argue both our selections. Like, you know, if there are a lot of running backs like Royce Freeman out of Oregon, John Kelly um, out of Tennessee, um, and if you're looking at tight ends, there's, it's really tight end heavy in the mid-rounds. Uh, you, uh, you think it's possible Denzel Ward can fall? No, not no. at all. He's going top ten. You have, I mean, the guy. If if they were going to look at corners that would fall, in my opinion, Jair Alexander could be one of those guys. I love Jair Mike Hughes exactly. yeah. could be a guy that slips down and falls right. at thirty-two. Even though I don't think he will. Uh, Josh Jackson, a guy I expect to be taken, yep. but depending on where Hughes and Alexander go, he could be another guy that slips. But ultimately, no. That that's the cream of the crop you're talking about there. Yeah, I was saying there's uh, Dalton Schultz out of Stanford, uh, Troy Fumagalli out of Wisconsin, um, Ian Thomas uh, out of Indiana, uh, Chris Hernan out of Miami, a guy that the Eagles have been okay. tied to a lot. So if you want a true Burton replacement, that's him. That's Hernan. He's a yeah. raw, athletic, yeah. challenge to second level playmaker. Very raw, and he's going to take time. He, yeah. He's going to need his time. But if you want a direct Trey Burton replacement for me, it's him. Yeah. Right? Because every all the tight ends, you've got your blocking tight ends. You've got your pass-catching tight ends. You have your overall. The, the best is Hayden Hurst. He's the most complete in terms of run blocking and pass catching. I don't like the fact that he's, what, 24, 25 years 25, old? Yeah. You should be beating up 19-year-olds. Yeah. He was a pro He was a pro You should look like player. that against 19, 20-year-olds, yeah. Danny Watkins. Right? So um, I don't really like the age that much. But, again, just to me, yeah. my man crush is on Dallas. Like, if you brought him in, he's a professional. He's a professional baseball player for, like, the last couple years. Came in as a walk-in at, on at South Carolina. Uh, but he, he'd come in as a pro. So, I, but I, you know, there's, but the other position, offensive tackle would make so much sense for the Eagles uh, just to get stronger. But I, I don't really think yeah, that but the. What, ta- what guy are you going to get in the offensive tackle? That's the problem. Well, that's the thing. I don't, it's I don't, not there. I don't believe that the tackles that we'd like are going to fall. Yeah. It's not even that we like. Mike McGlinchey is the best rated left tackle in his draft. And he's not, he shouldn't even be selected top 10. He's probably falling in the 20s. The tackle position, whether it's Colton Miller, whether they're talking about McGlinchey, whether we're talking about Wynn, the tackles are there, but they're not the same level. So yeah. I just I don't see the reach happening there for the Eagles. Well, we want to thank Mr. Jason Ashworth for joining us on the 4th and John panel during this wildfire draft special. A couple of housekeeping notes before we get on out of here. The T-shirts have gone on sale. Uh, you... 30% off using code WILDFIRE. If you go to the WILDFIRE Studio shop right now, 30% off. T-shirts are $14 by using the code WILDFIRE. Please follow at 4th and John because we got our live on location friend of the show reporting there. Our buddy P4P, Puga20, is down Puga there 20. live streaming from the draft in Dallas. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter. Speaking of which, he ran in the license plate guy down there. That's huge. That is huge because uh, LPG started talking about the jersey. We are about $2,500 away from goal on that one. So make sure you check my pin tweet out at the mighty E-Rock for the GoFundMe for burning license plate guys, zero Super Bowls jersey. Also coming up, and I see there's already starting to drink heavily, the Cracked Bell Crew of Wildfire Sports. 
is up next. So we appreciate you guys hanging on. Let's go birds, baby. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow. But I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. 